Hey, Internet. Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. Every week, I dive into who people really are, the good, the bad, and everything in between. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. We are back on the Intoxicated Podcast, and here we are. We are in a heat wave or a heat warning. Heat wave? Heat warming? Warning? It's just very hot. It's very hot in Halifax. I'm here with producer Sarah. Hello, producer Sarah. Everybody. I don't know why I'm acting like a. I don't even know, like hey, a sports producer talk show. Sarah. Yeah. Hey, host Sarah. <laughs> I think I'm like overcompensating because the heat is just zapping my energy. So I'm like trying to sound more energetic than I am. You're doing great. You're doing <laughs> oh great. Oh my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> when we listen to this, we're going to be like, wow, we had so much energy. <laughs> I don't sound exhausted at all <laughs> for no reason. Yeah, it's really fucking hot in Halifax. Yeah. It is. Like, we are going on, like, uh, what, this is, like, the third or fourth day of just, like, crazy humidity and heat. Yeah. 40 degrees with the humidity. I think it hit 43 today. It is brutal. It's lovely. Do you like it? No. Okay. I'd like it if I was, like, on a beach. Yeah. Or, like, in water. Near a body of water. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't like it when I'm stuck in my apartment, per se. No, it's the worst. But we're lucky that we have an AC unit. And I have a fan that gives off cool air instead of just, like passing around warm air warm air yeah that is key i do not have an ac and um i truly feel like i'm just constantly melting um but i do think that it's like that weird time in summer where i think a lot of haligonians are just like we just gotta get through this week and we will be fine yeah eventually it will stop eventually but it's just like that that really really hot time of year august is such a weird month because like it's it's nice for weather but it's also like really intense for weather it is. we have that like we always have those couple days are just like am i gonna make it through yeah. the summer am i am i gonna die <laughs> is everything gonna be okay we just had a full moon and we went full full moon full witch full witchiness <laughs> i don't know what got into me but i think i took it as a sign yeah. when i got my period on the full moon I was like, oh, this is a sign. I'm starting my cycle. Because your day one of your cycle is your period, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm st- literally starting a cycle. You're starting a cycle on, on a you full cycle. moon. That is definitely a sign of something. Right? So Sarah and I, I said, uh, you had a show. Yeah, I had at, a show. Oh, you had a good show at Sunday. I had a really good show at Sunday Sundays. Sunday Sundays. Sundays it is. Every Sunday in the basement of the shoe. 8 p.m little comedy plug i love how like every week we'll kind of plug a different mic um but yeah sunday nights um and i was like sarah do you want to go for a moonwalk and uh i showed up with some jars i didn't expect you to show up with the jars and you're holding a jar you're like let's do this and i was like oh my god (laughs) i'm living my best life right now this is amazing we went down to the water we have like a little park by our place 
And um, we put out some moon water that I, of course, put crystals on top of to charge up because you can't can't go without crystals. You got to bring crystals. We had candles. We then had another jar that we wrote down intentions on. And we also had that moment by the water that we just like were silent for like five minutes. Remember yeah, that? we were thinking about the things that we were releasing and then we lit it on fire in the jar. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got really nervous because it was way more smoke than we expected. <laughs> and then we had to put the moon water into the jar <laughs> <laughs> to make sure it didn't like explode or anything. You know, Listen, fire safety, you guys, it's very, very important. <laughs> we're very witchy, but also very safe. So. We take it very seriously. But it was a magical night. It was actually. And I want to talk about this weekend because it. It ties in nicely to this today's episode, actually, um, because we did a lot of fun things this weekend. We went kayaking. Kayaking was so fun. We did kayaking on Lawn Lake. Yes. So much fun. We were like a little scared at first, but then. But then it turned out to be this wonderful thing. It turned out to be wonderful. So relaxing. And the weather was awesome, too. And it wasn't like super, super hot where we felt like we were burning in the water. And it was like right. there was a nice wind. And it was perfect. We didn't drown. Didn't drown. I went to a wedding afterwards. I also went to the beach the day before. Like, I just had a very good, fun weekend and then like capping it off with like that full moon night was really that really was fun the perfect end to that weekend and i really do think and listen guys okay I, I think you should always take this stuff with a grain of salt but i do feel different since that night i don't i do too do. okay sweet yeah i felt like super emotional the next day and i just feel like i feel more empowered in a way yeah empowered i feel just like calmer yeah about things and I think it like really, you know, it really put us in a good. Now, granted, um, we did put our intentions in a jar um, and we wanted to find a place around our apartment to put the intentions in a jar so that the moon could charge the intentions. And um, I don't know why we decided, oh, let's put it by the trash can. <laughs> Because that's where the moon was beaming it, in the most. It was shining right down by the trash can. We didn't want to just put it in the grass because we thought that would like stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> so we put it by the trash. And then the next day I slept in and I, around 11 a.m. I went out to try to find said jar and it was gone. That's probably not a good sign. Or probably maybe it is not a great sign. Maybe it is a good sign. Maybe that's we're feeling nice. good. So maybe, yeah. it, maybe it didn't do anything. But someone clearly took the jar what they, like- and threw it out. <laughs> But what if they like took the jar and like opened it up and like looked at the intentions? They're like, "What the fuck is this?" Maybe they put good energy, more good energy into yeah. them. <laughs> they're like, "In in trash you go." Or it is now in the dump, being crushed by a machine. <laughs> That's okay. It happens. You know, either, I now, either way. I now realized we could have put that jar anywhere because the moon is in the sky and like <laughs> we could have put it anywhere, but we needed to put it where we had full moonbeam action. True. That's true. So we are. Tensions was, were good. Yes, but also crushed. <laughs> oh my gosh. So fucking funny. Well, okay, so we have a great episode coming up for you guys. Uh, I want to plug a few things off the top. We do need to get your voicemails, your questions. We can't plug this enough because we really want these intros to be like, you know, we want to answer your questions. So you can send those into us by email at intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail. You can have your voice leave on the podcast. Leave Bring us, us a voice. Haven't you always wanted to be in a podcast? No, you now's can be. Now's your chance. Yeah, now's your now's your five minutes of 
five, maybe not five minutes. Keep them, keep them brief. Keep them two, <laughs> your two minutes of fame is coming right up. Two minutes up. of fame, exactly. I mean, ideally 30 seconds, but you know, who's counting? Oh, okay, who's yeah. Counting? Who's counting? Who's <laughs> counting? Um, yeah, you can leave us a voicemail. There's a link in the description of this podcast as well as the Instagram bio to leave a voicemail. So this can be life advice questions dilemmas i love a good dilemma what do i do in this situation type of question even like crazy stories that you think we'd appreciate anything 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 you want to tell us just tell us we we will listen and we'll feature you on the podcast and that's kind of the plan so please do that um the other thing is that i am still looking for songs from local bands and musicians so if you are one of those and if you have a song that you want featured in the show email intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com with the mp3 file give me the information as well so like song title artist title link to spotify all of that we will make sure that we link to that uh, and also give you a shout out on social media so we are always looking for music and yeah so those two things and like the other quick thing that we're just going to plug um is that we have a string of ladies nights coming yes. up oh, in halifax night and the feelings right uh, is that the right song i i think so yeah okay sweet. I, I hope so <laughs> i don't even know but when you're hearing this there will be a woman's show at gus's pub on saturday um and that's at 8 p.m it is ten dollars to get in and then on tuesday night uh both sarah and i both, Both Sarahs. Sarah's. Co producer and host Sarah are on the show. Co producer and host Sarah um, are both on the show at Oasis on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. And that is pay what you can. So just bring a donation, show up. Or just show up. The ladies' nights at Oasis are always so much fun. They're the best time. They're truly the best time. So please come to one of those shows or come to both. Come to both. Come to what both. Are you, what are you going to do? Be a keener. Yeah, come see some funny women. Um, we have an amazing episode this week. I am ugh, so excited to release this one because it is what I would call a groundbreaking episode in terms of it went above and beyond what I ever thought it could have been. Our guest this week is an amazing lady. She has worked in comedy. She is a sometimes comedian, uh, but overall amazing person her name is lauren deborah she is our guest this week and lauren is the host and producer of my dad stole my limelight podcast and that's a podcast all about coming out stories and um usually her her guests like they talk what they're coming out but they also have someone on that they came out to that's so cool yeah and like or like if they think someone kind of stole their moment that person will come on with them so it is a great podcast and you can check that out wherever you find podcasts and please do because it is incredibly well done and she's done an amazing job with it i kind of helped her uh in the initial stages of that podcast and then i kind of saw it all unfold and happen which is very rare i was just telling sarah before this a lot of people come to me with podcast stuff and I like to say that like one in 10 actually do it. And Lauren is one of those people. That's so amazing. She did it. So you got to check out that podcast. And Lauren and I really dove into demisexuality and self-love. Those were the two main topics of this episode. And I mean, it got to a point where it just felt like it was a therapy session between 
her and I. Oh, yeah, I I love that so much. Right? You need that. We you we need, need you that. need a solid therapy session. And then people listening might need it. So it's just like all around awesome. And uh, awesome it was just one. a great conversation. Amazing conversation. Lauren and I actually met over a dead friend. It's kind of we go into the origin story a bit on the show, so you'll find out kind of how we know each other. But we've never actually met in person. Um, which is crazy. We've just been kind of online friends, like who've been bonding online. This episode is epic. We dive into demisexuality and also a lot of self-love stuff too. So it is deep and amazing. You don't want to miss epic. this. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, do make sure that you subscribe to Intoxicated on whatever podcast app you use. Check out the YouTube channel, too. Check out our YouTube channel. Check YouTube.com backslash intoxicated. Bam! Ring, ring that bell. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Ring the bell for notifications. Yeah, subscribe. Mm-hmm. I know YouTube lingo. <laughs> Buzzwords. Smash that <laughs> like button. <laughs> uh, but seriously, though, yeah. Check them out on YouTube, but please also subscribe on the audio feeds because, like, that's where, like, our numbers kind of live. And um, also, if you really love the show... Send a review my way because, you know, this is the third episode of the relaunch and it would be nice to like Jeez. get a little bump, it's get a little bump in the so visibility crazy to think that this is the third episode already. It I is like flying we, by. I feel like we just did the relaunch. Right. Like, I feel, I feel like it's just happening. happening. <laughs> well, we're in the weekly grind <laughs> now, so on. it's just it's just going to be plunging forward from here on out. Every Friday. Every new Friday. Episode. New episodes. Um, please also follow Intoxicated on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and we would greatly appreciate that. I think that's that's it, you guys. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into this amazing episode. I really hope that you guys enjoy this week's episode with the amazing, the beautiful, the crazy intelligent Lauren Deborah. In bed with a demisexual. Spoiler alert: nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> in bed with a yeah, in bed with a demisexual ends up uh, being a, a, a therapy session. <laughs> in bed with a demisexual. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> get out till you tell me your life story. <laughs> Fuck, that's, oh that's, my god, so funny. Well, okay, are we good to just get into it? Yes. Sorry. Yes, I could talk to you all night, but we should get to the part where we're recording the talking. <laughs> I know. Right. Well, I. I actually love starting podcasts like just kind of already in a conversation because like I want I want people to like just like be brought right into it essentially for sure all right everybody so I am like wildly excited this has been a long time coming this is like the podcast that had many roadblocks but here we are I am so honored to be here with an amazing person she is a 
smoking hot Australian living in Canada. She has an extensive background in comedy production and production of all kinds. She is the host and the producer of My Dad Stole My Limelight podcast and a sometimes comedian, which is what I want to be too. Please welcome to the podcast, Lauren Deborah. Oh my gosh, hi. That was the best <laughs> intro. <laughs> Thank you. We are the same person, so... <laughs> It's insane. When you when you said sometimes comedian, I've actually heard myself recently going, yeah. I want to be a sometimes comedian because yes. I feel like it can so easily engulf your life and <laughs> yeah. sometimes would be the right amount. Because mm-hmm. I haven't been <laughs> in a really long time, but I don't want to say I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> also, when you work in comedy... I don't yeah. know if you had, and we'll get in, I'd love to just also just get into your, how you got into all of this stuff, because uh-huh. it's very similar to me in that, like, we both were probably immersed in comedy before we ever did it, yeah. and, and like, that's a big thing, because you can kind of start thinking like a comic, and you kind of are sort of, in a way, a comic before you actually even do it, because you're, like, in with the crowd, and you know the lingo, and you know all the ins and outs and stuff like that. So Yeah, kind of the exact opposite of the people who are like, I'd like to try comedy one day and go to an open mic and eat shit. <laughs> we do it, for, but we eat shit for a completely different reason. It's because we have our expectations up so high. Not because we think we're going to be great, it's because we think the opposite, and then we just eat shit. Is that just me? Or? <laughs> no, that's the realest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that, that couldn't be more real. That is like a hundred percent true. So Lauren, like this is really, I'm, I'm honored to have you here today just because, I mean, obviously I've wanted to have you on for so long, but like we have an interesting origin, friendship origin story. We do. So, so we kind of met because of a dead friend. Like, <laughs> yeah, a he dead gave friend. us many gifts and his parting gift was each other, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thank him every day oh my gosh I mean that that says it right there so like do you want to give people like the rundown of like how this all came together and going back to to your beginnings with yucks and all of this oh wow my origin story my villain origin story um so like my work background leading up to then us meeting yeah how did you get into this comedy scene how did you it's a crazy place to get into yeah, by complete accident. Um, so from Australia, I lived and I lived in hotels. I definitely didn't live in hotels. I worked in hotels and was like in management in hotels for years, like restaurant and then like front desk and those kinds of things and moved to Canada on a working holiday visa, moved to Halifax, Nova Scotia um, and just planned to kind of like work in a cafe for a year or so and have like a working holiday. And then my work ethic kicked in real quick. And people could see like, okay, she's working in the cafe at the Western in Nova Scotia, the Western Hotel. And she's like creating new menu items. And she's like, my work ethic definitely kicked in. I was like, I'm bored. I can't do nothing. And so I guess they kind of thought maybe she could be doing something else. And then the manager at the time, which quick side note, her name is also Sarah McClellan. What? Oh, I, I, yes. She's so my... when I've talked about you, people think I'm talking about her. Um. 
I know exactly the girl you're you're I because I, I worked at the Westin at one point, and so oh, we yeah. we, we might have paths. we didn't quite cross paths, but like yeah. she was still there when I was there, and we added each other on Facebook. I've accidentally tagged her in pictures and stuff. Like it's it's so funny, it's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, but she she was moving on to a different role, so her position became available. They asked if I'd like to manage the yuck yucks, and I love telling this part of the story. Is my boss called me and said, la, 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 we want to offer you this position. And my response was, what is a yuck yucks? <laughs> because I had come from Australia and I had been working in a cafe directly across from the yuck yucks the whole time. But if you're familiar with where that club used to be in Halifax, it wasn't obvious unless it was open. Like you yeah. didn't know it was a comedy club because they used it for other things during the day. So anyway, fast forward, I managed that club for a uh, just shy of a year and then yeah I guess the rest is history relocated to Vancouver and managed the club there for about three and a bit years um and yeah I've just kind of worked in comedy ever since I worked for comedy here often which is a really cool record label based out of Vancouver um part of 604 records and now work in Montreal producing live events (laughs) just kidding (laughs) I work from my apartment (laughs) (laughs) things have changed a bit it's a great time to be in like event planning and production absolutely I am thriving Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually going into the office for the first time on Tuesday and I am low-key terrified I don't know if I want to do it it's such a like it's just so strange how we were so like when when this thing happened we were all like pushed into this really weird space and now we're like but we don't want to go back now it's actually we got yeah. too, we got too used to this <laughs> i know i messaged my coworker and i was like so i have to put on a bra and shoes that's not how i'm used to working um <laughs> that's the no, worst thank you <laughs> and pants sorry question mark uh. um yeah, so that that and and I guess then to kind of loop back uh, around the time I relocated to Montreal um, earlier in 2020 was around the time you and I got some really shitty news that we lost our dear friend Andrew. Um, and as part of that, you did a beautiful tribute episode of this podcast to him, which um, included some stories from his friends and another coworker from the Western messaged me on Instagram saying, you know, you should reach out to Sarah. She's collecting these stories. And I know, I, I think I had posted something on my Instagram story after he passed away and she thought it might be a nice one to share. So I shared that with you and then we realized we're the exact same person and we're going to be inseparable for the rest of our lives. <laughs> That's essentially it. I mean, like you were, I mean, not everyone sent me videos it was a really strange time because you know everyone deals with these types of things differently Mm -hmm. and a lot of people wanted to silently process it and not really talk openly and I just went into like I always say like podcasting is like my my favorite trauma response Mm -hmm. because it keeps me busy and the more busy I am the less I can focus on being sad so like Uh when when he died I was like you want to know what I'm just gonna make other I'm I want to do this for you know for the people in his life that might want to hear it other people Mm -hmm. need to hear these stories like I kind of went into like this mode of like I'm gonna do this for other people even though like I had not not really processed my grief yet and arguably the first lockdown was like 
I feel like it was such a distraction from what the COVID stuff like that was yeah. my pandemic like my friend dying was my p- pandemic because it happened right as soon as lockdown happened so mm-hmm. it was a strange thing so you were one of like one of the you know few people who actually sent me something and it was amazing and then we added each other on social media and I became obsessed with you and likewise we are yeah and well I think I'll add that like the video I ended up sending you I think it was just my Instagram story that I posted a couple of days before so I think oh my gosh yeah Yeah. I don't know whether I would have I I understand that like I don't know if someone had just said can you make a video would have been like nah I can't right you did it you did it on your own yeah 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 yeah, it was it was me crying but it was a fucking hilarious story it was very Andrew you can go back and listen to the episode but the short (laughs) version is that he made fun of a poster I made for yuck yucks (laughs) rightfully so rightfully so I thought about that poster like once a week for the rest of my life after that moment and as I grew as a human being I was like yeah that poster fucking sucked but Lauren that's what you gotta come from nothing and grow to the top you you've improved since then and I'm sure he'd love your posters now yeah exactly I think he'd be proud of my posters now he'd be like thank god um yeah, but I do want to shout out you because in the time that we've kind of connected and become pals, um, I started a podcast project and you took time out of your busy life and sat down with me. We had one long Zoom call, but you answered so many of my questions and messages and stuff like my podcast wouldn't exist without your help. So you're amazing and I appreciate you so much. But yeah, I think... I think um, we have a really cool friendship and we've never met in person. <laughs> never met in person yet. We will. <laughs> and I got to say, Lauren, I run into so many people who pitch podcast ideas to me. Nothing ever. <laughs> Listen, I love podcasting and I'll always hear someone out. But if I had a dollar for any time someone said, oh, I have an idea for a podcast, I would be very rich because most times... It's just an idea. It's mm-hmm. a cool idea someone has, and they don't do anything with it. You literally followed through on everything you said in that first Zoom call. You said, "I'm this is the plan. I'm going to launch at this time. And I, I literally sat back and like watched it happen and watched you consistently put out content, stick to a release schedule. Like these types of things are things that are so easy to like fall behind on with podcasts. And that's why a lot of podcasts don't go anywhere you know, because mm-hmm. you just lose that routine and you're amazing at it. Like, do you not, are you, you having the best time? I, oh gosh, I do have the best time. Like the guests I get to chat to are incredible. I will say like the organizational thing is just me in general. Like uh, before we started recording, I was fixing these pillows so that they looked more even behind my shoulders. Like that's just <laughs> me. <laughs> so like I, everything, is, I'm a type of person that Everything is in like the uh, the diary on my phone. Diary? That's what it's called, right? Calendar? Who yeah. am I? A 12-year-old girl? The calendar on my phone? Um, like everything, like planned to a T, like remind yourself to do this and this. So yeah, I'm never, your... gonna, I'm never going to skip anything that's on the sketch. Are you a Virgo? No, no, What's I'm your... an Aquarius. Oh, I love Aquarius. <laughs> big Aquarius energy well I was gonna say because Virgos are very organized so it'd be Uh interesting do you actually know like your birth chart like have you ever like Uh, looked into that I feel like someone told me some of it once before and then I forgot it I need to I need to do that again 
Yeah, because I, I would reckon that you have some Virgo in you. If, if, if you're like highly organized and like really clean and like are you oh yeah a neat that's freak me. too? Yeah, yeah oh yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i love it I love yeah it so dangerously much. so it's interfered with my life on multiple occasions <laughs> oh my god can we before we get into like who you are and your psyche and all the amazing things about you can you tell the listeners what your podcast is like what's oh yeah it about? i would what's love it about? to it's called My Dad Stole My Limelight. Um, it's a podcast about coming out. So uh, when I was like in my early 20s and kind of first discovering my bisexuality and kind of accepting that, um, I was thinking about these things and having some feelings and thinking maybe I might have some conversations with people. And then my dad came out as bisexual. So I just took a back seat for a really long time. Um, and the running joke was that he stole my limelight. I'm obviously a lot more mature now, um, emotionally and realize that that is in fact, not the case that like timing is everything for each individual, but it makes for a very fun podcast title and premise. Um, so I interview someone who has come out and someone they've come out to. So we've had like childhood best friends, ex partners, current partners, um, siblings. Yeah. It's been, it's really cool. I love it. It's, it's funny when I didn't expect it to be funny but it's also like just really important conversations and to like see happy queer adults and I think myself I felt myself be way more comfortable in my queerness since starting the podcast so oh my gosh it's so yeah. healing right like when when yeah. you talk to other people and bond with other people over things yeah it's, it can be healing for you you know yeah. like 100 percent yeah so that is like you should be so proud and you're already into season two season right? two yeah season uh, two. at the time of recording season two is a few weeks out of release and there'll be a, like 10 episodes in total so that'll go through to september 2021 so depending on when you're listening to this you might just have a lot to binge yes you'll have to listen to all <laughs> of it and you should listen to all of it because it's so good thank you thank you, you need so to much subscribe i've done to it without you oh my gosh I just love it I love that I have a success story like to share well, like, this is one of your many success stories <laughs> <laughs> I hope I do you proud I'm gonna try I'm gonna try my best to do that but we're gonna get in to the first segment of the show dun, 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 dun. I don't know if I'm gonna have music transitioning everything or not we'll see uh we'll see what happens in post but um we're gonna open up the show mm-hmm. with a little icebreaker um, so I'm really, I'm always very fascinated with perception and, you know, the way people see us versus how we see ourselves. And a lot of this comes down to social media and stuff. It's how a lot of people see other people. So I'm going to uh-huh. tell you some assumptions I have about you. Don't punch me in the face. Ow. I am equally terrified and excited by this. <laughs> and you can tell me if they're true or not, you know, my way off. First one's pretty easy. We talked about it just before the we hit record, but you're a workaholic. Yes. <laughs> Are you? Is it true? Oh, big time. I am very much over the over the pandemic have my priorities and and yeah, focus I guess has shifted a lot that I am trying to create more balance in my life but it is it is a tough job to do when you when you've kind of made this monster yeah <laughs> I I thought of something today which is even fun work is work mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is something people tend to forget 
Because, like, when they see people doing really fun, cool stuff, they're like, oh, it must be so fun. And, like, yes, yes, it is. But it's still work. Well, yeah, like, you and I, podcasts are so much work, like, and not just the recording and editing. It's, like, social media takes me several hours a week to create the things and schedule the things and plan the things. Right. That's one, that's, like, one example. Yeah. And, like, obviously, I love it. And like interacting with people online and building the community, but it's like, yeah, that's work. If I don't do it, it doesn't happen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly it. It's it's all these little time-consuming things that people don't people don't always think about that. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Um. This is this is gonna. I'm interested about this, and this is mostly because you're fucking gorgeous, but also. Okay. <laughs> But also, I just I just get the sense: are you are you well rested? Do you get sleep? I I think in comparison to a lot of people, I am. Yeah, <laughs> because I have I'm pretty strict. My organizational skills creep into every aspect of my life, including my sleep pattern. So, okay, can you I'm see fascinated. behind me my alarm clock up there? Let's see, I can like see the it. old yes, yes, I can see it, it yeah. like an old school alarm clock because. As of like 9.30 at night, an alarm goes off at my phone on my phone and says, put your phone in another room, and then it's gone. And so I wake up to this old school alarm clock and then don't touch my phone again until like 9 a.m. Oh, the next day. Oh, damn. So that definitely helps me get good sleep and like wake up more alert. But like these are things I had. I had to buy that fucking alarm clock. I, I couldn't just be trusted not to look at my phone. <laughs> wow. And you stick to that. You don't you don't waver at all. Uh, sometimes on like a Sunday, I'll go and grab my phone and have a nice like coffee and scroll in bed. But even then I try really hard not to because I have like a pretty consistent morning routine. So yeah, I, I, I sleep for like six or seven hours, which I think is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm like, like, I don't know. For me, it's like four to five, like maybe five, like, like five yeah, is like my I top. Couldn't do that. I couldn't do oh that. I don't know how you function. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't I I truly don't know but like you just seem like you're somebody and also like are you pretty good with um like social media and like staying off certain platforms like not being yes like there definitely are days where I I cave and again to go back to like where work creeps in it makes it hard because like I want to promote my podcast the morning it comes out but I also don't like going on social media until later in the day so you know sometimes you do just have to not follow your own rules but as a general rule I try not to go on social media during the day while I'm working or creating trying to be productive um and like a way I've developed like a technique to combat that which I don't always stick to perfectly but most days I do is that oh my gosh I sound like such a fucking idiot um I make sure I read a chapter of my book before I allow myself to go on social media um, I sound like such a. I shouldn't have said idiot. I sound like a pretentious human being. Is what I sound. No, like. because I, I think I read, <laughs> but I think other people could adapt that to them. Like what you know, listen to an audiobook, listen to a chapter of an audiobook. Before. Like we all have our little things that we could do to kind of just like control ourselves and make it so that yeah. it's like a treat and not like yes. just a reflex kind of thing that's a really good point because do you know what like the reason I chose reading as my thing is because reading was something I used to do a lot more of and didn't like the fact that I wasn't doing it anymore so I think yeah you're totally right someone could take something that they're lacking in their life that they really want more of and be like okay then I don't get social media till I do this thing and until it becomes habit 
Yeah. Like maybe it's sewing, maybe it's writing, maybe it's cooking. Like it could be anything running. Yeah. I often pray that my phone will break. Like that's how. <laughs> no, I don't want that. That's how addicted I am though. It's, it's hellish. It's truly hellish. And I They're hate designed it. that way. You can't yeah. blame yourself that you have to take ridiculous measures like that fucking Amazon alarm clock. Yeah. <laughs> and put your phone in a room at the opposite end of your apartment and put it on like I have it on like the downtime, like nothing comes through after a certain time. If someone calls me, I think it's like more than two or three times consecutively within X amount of minutes, it'll let you know because like it wants you to know about emergencies, but otherwise right. it's like, nope, sorry. I mean, I love it. I love that. <laughs> I, 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 well, I hope, yeah, I hope I can pass that on to someone who might want to try it I, out. I think it's such a good idea. Like, it's just, it, it makes total sense. Like, it's just, it's science, you know? Like, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be staring at that screen before you, you go to sleep. Yeah. Truly. I, um, I, I, I did see it in a tweet, like, years ago, is that someone tweeted, like, thinking about the person who didn't allow herself to look at social media until she'd read 30 pages of a book and she read, like, and it was a ridiculous amount of books in a year. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Okay, I read one book last year, so let's tailor that to what suits me because I'm not reading 30 pages every day because I have a job. But yeah. yeah, what can work for me? Yeah, so I can't take credit for it. Thanks, Twitter. Thank <laughs> Thank, you. Thanks, I was trying to get away from. <laughs> Thank you, Twitter. Um, and on that kind of like similar subject, and I and I think that I assume this mostly because you have such a positive uh like you just seem to love yourself on social media like and that's a good thing because it ins- it's inspiring to someone like me who hates herself uh <laughs> do you participate in self-care a lot like yes. are you a big proponent of the self-care taking yeah. that time for you and like really being present for yeah i definitely and i think self-care looks obviously different to everyone so i know sometimes people think of self-care and think you know, face masks, which absolutely self-care, but like face masks and bubble bath, which I love to do, but like, that's not something I practice consistently. Um, I guess my self-care is like trying to get a good night's sleep, trying to eliminate these things that don't make me feel great. Um, I work out right. six mornings a week, but it's never with the intention of like having a hot bod. It's with the intent, like I pick my workouts just to move my body, just to feel yes. nice, just to invigorate. Like that's my self-care, like eat, as well as I can those kinds of things yeah that's so huge and like what you said right there about like doing it like just to feel good is so important like because we we do tend to forget about that oh for sure it's so hard to do and like I'm not perfect at it either I've made I make terrible comments about my body still and then catch myself doing it and being like oh frick god damn it don't do that yeah like I've seen this before again on the internet that like when you catch yourself um, like saying something negative about your appearance or your body, like who, who is that for? Who's benefiting, benefiting from that. So if you say like, "Mm, I put on weight, diet culture benefits from that and weight loss programs and and all that stupid shit or like my skin or my wrinkles or my hair or whatever, like 
the beauty fucking toxic toxic industry is benefiting from that if, if yeah exactly and i can't i can't deny that because i'm like oh here I, i'm buying all the serums i'm buying oh, like same. I, instantly instantly <laughs> Absolutely. like no, no questions asked i'm just like give that to me that's gonna make me look younger give it Love oh it. yeah i have i have a i have like several steps to my am and pm skincare routine which would also be part of my self-care but yeah i'm trying not to be hard on myself as like yeah I think that that's it right there. We have to stop being hard on ourselves and like forgive ourselves a bit more. You know, like that's a huge thing. Yeah, but easier for- said than done. Easier said than done. I need to put notes like on my mirror sometimes to just be like, yeah, I, I, I have a note on my mirror right now that just says, "Stop comparing yourself." Yes, like yes. Because- my my morning affirmation has Ooh, a li- Who what is, is this bitch? <laughs> it has a line that says, "You are not in competition with anyone." Yes. Ah, another good one. And I mean, it's quoting the now pop queen, Olivia Rodrigo, but it's uh, their win is not my loss. Yes. Their win yes. is not my yes. loss. And there's room whew, for everyone. There's room for everyone. And also, I mean, like, I mean, I could go on a tangent about comedy because it's just psychologically a hard thing to do. It, I'm I'm like a year in and it's. There's a lot of psychological things going on currently with me that I'm yeah. like, I have to keep these things in check. Uh, but like a big thing with, with comedy is, is like, I just have to remind myself, focus on your shit, focus on your mm-hmm. jokes, your voice, like stop mm-hmm. thinking, stop over. And it's why I don't go to a lot of shows to just watch anymore. Cause I just can't. Right. Yeah, of course. Which is what you did a lot before you got on stage. Right. Yeah. So it's a really strange, almost, it's almost like, I hate to get deep on this, but it's kind of like a grief thing of like, because as soon as you start doing something that you could consider work, I don't open Mm -hmm. mic comic, so so I'm not getting paid, but like, I do consider it work in in a weird way, like working on jokes and like trying to get better. It's work. But like, as soon as it becomes that. I can't sit back and enjoy because I'm going, oh, that's such a good joke. Why didn't I write that? Oh, I love how they are so comfortable on stage. Why aren't I like that? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's it's this really strange thing. Yeah. Do you, are you a, are you a journalist? Do you journal? I don't. And I really no. wish I, I really wish I could. I just, I'm really bad at, it's, I think it's an ADHD thing where uh-huh. um, I have certain routines that are like absolutely steady. And then, but then I, other things, I have a really hard time keeping routines with. Like I, it takes a lot for me to create a habit or a routine. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've journaled, I've read three pages of every single self-help book. Mm-hmm. Only, Mm -hmm. Only three. I've, I think probably I tried to do shadow work, uh, and I think I did like maybe five days, uh-huh, <laughs> even though it was like, uh-huh. like you should do this every day. And I did five and then I just fell off. I just find it really hard. I find it hard to keep to just get a habit. Yeah. And like set aside the time too. I, I only asked because when I was starting the podcast, I had a friend to uh, suggest to me that I create like check-ins for myself, like ask yourself why you're doing this and why it's important to you and phrase questions around that. And then every so often, whatever you decide that is for you, come back to that questions and make sure you're still on track and that you're still doing it for the reasons that make you happy. So I wonder Mm. if you could do that for comedy, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to write it. Like if you're not into journaling, you could just like every three months, I'm going to look at these questions and then just honestly say them aloud to myself, like answer it in my own head. Like, am I still doing it 
am I, am I still feeling this way? Am I still doing it for these reasons? Like, have I let the A, B and C take over? Yep. I mean, that's, oh my God, that is, I need to do that. You're, yeah. you're, you're, I, I have lots of great things to say, but they all come from other great people. <laughs> so it's like paying it forward. <laughs> that's something you're paying it forward. That's something. <laughs> okay. Another assumption. This is my last one. I wrote like four. Um, my last assumption I have about you is that you're the life of the party. You must be oh a gosh. fun person to party with. And by I party, I don't fun. even necessarily mean like getting fucked up. But like, I just mean like, yeah. like when I saw that you posted a story of like you at a club dancing, I was like, <laughs> yes. I want to go out with Lauren. Like there's so many people I've gone out with where they don't dance. They're not excited. Mm. They don't have any, any energy. And like, you just seem like you're a lot of fun to hang out with. Like dancing. I will, I guess. Yeah. In that regard, I definitely am the first, if not one of the first on the dance floor. And if there's a song I know the lyrics to, I'm singing along. Um, Karaoke bars are one of the things I miss the most right now. I know. (laughs) So So fun. Do do you Um, sing? At karaoke, yeah, not not not. I don't sing, but I sing at karaoke. <laughs> you do the karaoke singing, but not. Yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah. I know I know what songs I can do and not like completely destroy everyone. So I choose those. Do you happen <laughs> do to know you karaoke? What... Um, yes, occasionally I have. I actually think that since I've started doing stand up, I could do it more confidently now. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, because I have this yeah. kind of rule with karaoke where you don't necessarily have to be good. You just have to be loud. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to pick a song that everyone likes because they're ultimately just going to sing and dance along anyway. That's just it. You need to pick a crowd pleaser. Crowd pleaser yes. song. What, what Do you have a song? Like a go-to karaoke song? I, I have a go-to karaoke song, but it's certainly not a crowd pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bon Jovi's Always. Oh my gosh, that's a crowd pleaser. I can't wait to go to karaoke with you. I will be in the front with my lighter. Like, yes. I don't know what it is with that song, but like, I just, I can fucking sing it. It's just, it's my jam. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's great. Amazing. Amazing. Well, as soon as we can, we're, we're going out together. It's going to yes. happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> and COVID or karaoke. not, COVID or not, if it's here in my living room, we're going to make it happen. Yes, um, I can't wait. Lauren, we're yes. at the next segment, and I'm oh excited for this one because now you have the floor. Ranting. We're going to do a rant. I told you to come with a rant. I need to rant. <clears throat> do you have a rant for me? I do. I do. I want to say before I go on my rant that I... Uh... Actually, I don't know what I want to say before I go on my rant. <laughs> Other than this is this is my personal opinion and I feel very passionate about it. And I'm just, my rant is how I'm feeling in my heart and soul right now. And my rant is that if you're not getting vaccinated I'm and you have the opportunity to, I'm really fucking pissed. I'm really fucking pissed off at you. Mm-hmm. If you're able to, and it's not something that you've been told by your doctor that there might be a reason you can't, because I know people that that's a fact, then, and you're not, I'm just, it, I'm just really sad. I'm very sad that you're making that decision because that's a selfish decision that you're making for yourself and no one else. All it does <laughs> is set us all back. We're seeing what's happening in LA right now where they were going mask free and now all these people, anyway. 
yeah, yeah. Just, we're all next. It's going to happen everywhere next because the same thing's happening everywhere. And it's just really disappointing. Yeah. I know that the pandemic is affecting everyone in the whole fucking world, but this is my rant. So I'm going to tell you how it's affecting me. <laughs> Love it. Pop Because I don't want to speak on behalf of other people. So I'll keep it about me. But like my family's in Australia. I had a trip planned to see them in uh may of 2020 which obviously didn't happen i have a brand new niece that was born in february that i'm yet to meet my plan oh. was to go there in may i was meeting a new niece new a new niece i'd never met my auntie slash godmothers who i'm named after who i'm very close with her 60th birthday my grandparents are having a wedding anniversary my other niece was turning 18 which is a big milestone my best friend had a birthday and like oh i missed that trip Sure. Lots of people have missed lots of things that might be more important, but now the longer people don't get vaccinated, the longer it is before I get to reschedule that trip. And my grandparents are getting older and they're not well. And my niece is getting older and I still haven't met her. And it's just like all of this fucked up things. And like, meanwhile, while I'll add to the rant, fucking as fucking great as they are, there's some people like Zac Efron, you can just fucking go to Australia and hang out there. And it's like, but I can't get in. Right. You know, like if you're rich enough, if you're Idris Elba, you can like hang out at a party in Sydney while I'm stuck in my apartment. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's my rant. <laughs> it's the rant battle cry. Couldn't agree. And you want to know what? Here's here's, a, here's something to add on to that because I've I've been I've been seeing people on on Instagram. I've I've muted a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm just like I can't I can't hear this anymore to anybody who is like one of those anti-vaxxers that and i still consider this Mm anti-vax if you're someone who's like i'm i'm gonna get it eventually but i'm gonna wait and see what happens with 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 side effects and shit and you're still going out to comedy clubs you're going out to bars you're out potentially spreading the virus fuck you if you if you don't want to get vaccinated like i i kind of reached a point where i was like you know I, you can't control other people. I can only control me. I'm going to get vaccinated. The people I love are going to get vaccinated. There's going to be idiots who don't. But I'm just like, if you're one of the idiots that doesn't and you go out all the time and you're mm-hmm. spreading it, go fuck yourself. Like you should. That's such a good point. If, if you're an anti-vaxxer, you should just stay the hell inside. Like, yeah, stay that's the- kind of, should be the rule. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm yeah. I'm so glad you added that. Cause that's such a key point is like, yeah, fuck, fuck it. If you're stupid enough to decide that science isn't something you believe in all of a sudden, well, yeah. then stay the fuck home. And you know, like, yeah. You leave your house and everything is science. So, well, everything in your house too, but like, yeah. you know, just stay in your own little fucking bubble. Yeah. And if, if, you, if you're freaked out because people are getting flu symptoms for a couple days, like, but then you go out and you potentially get this virus and sp- spread it to people yeah spread it to vulnerable people right oh my god it's, it's just fucking it's infuriating like how long into this pandemic are we like a year and a half even more yeah. than that maybe like, yeah we're not we're not on we're not on the ass end yet like it's just yeah it's madness. <sighs> it's madness really frustrating uh, and this is to say i think both of us are double are you double vaxxed i am um so tomorrow will be my two-week mark from the second oh, one congratulations what about you you've had your second 
Yeah. yeah. I have my second. So it'll be Monday for me that Yay! I'll be fully, Yay! fully. That's so exciting. Fully. I, I gotta say that I did. It did hit me hard. The side effects. But as a workaholic, I was like, well, I'm going to take this as a welcome a break. break. <laughs> welcome break. <laughs> I was oh actually gosh. like excited to get the side effects because I was like I could just stay in bed and avoid people. Like, fuck. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Great rant. Oh, Great yeah. rant. Yeah, I got no side effects. If anyone wants to hear about like that, that that's a I'm thing. Not- and I have a couple of friends that had none as well. So like I'm not saying that's definitely gonna be the case for you, but just think about like wait, way up your options, you know? Weigh up your options. Weigh up your options. And I will say... Weigh up your uh, options with other people in mind. Yeah, you know, and... Maybe even strangers, because you should really <laughs> care about all people, not just the ones that you fucking want to go on vacation with. Ugh. Yep. Um, yeah, people people really do suck, but, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, also, I will say, you're not allowed at Sad Girl Studios unless you're, you're vaccinated. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Fuck that. Yeah. And I always say, like, there's another segment we'll be doing, Unpopular Opinion. I'm like, I really hope that no podcast guest just breaks out like a, I don't think the vaccine works on me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you get of, out of my house. At the end of the podcast, just like, fucking. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, my gosh. So, Lauren. Okay. So, like, we're going to we're gonna get into this because there is something about you Um that I love because you're one of the mm-hmm. only people I know that I share this with because I don't know a lot of people with this. So, demisexuality, baby. Hell yeah. You are also bisexual. So you're yeah. bisexual, demisexual. Currently identifying as. <laughs> Currently identifying as. As I deep dive during um, the pandemic, as a lot of us have deep dived in a lot of things during the pandemic because we've had a lot of time to self-reflect and explore. Yeah. Was that when you kind of figured it out? Was was during uh, the, the lockdown? No, or? I've known I'm bisexual for a long time. And demisexuality was a term I discovered maybe a year or two ago. Definitely mm. before the pandemic. Maybe like a year before the pandemic, I would say. Um, but it's something that is just really rung even truer during the pandemic. And that I've like, again, with my podcast, but also just like deep diving. And then I had TikTok for a while and that the fucking the kids know what's up. They know how to educate you. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it's just something that like, I feel like I have this feel down pat now, like how to describe it. Whereas for a while I was like, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, yeah. 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 What is, because this is interesting because I mean, we can, we can Google, we can look up definitions of of things Uh in your mind. What, what is demisexuality to you? Yeah, so for a, for a really long time, I've kind of described it as you don't have a sexual attraction to someone until you have an emotional connection. Um, and that doesn't mean that you uh, everyone you have an emotional connection with, you'll have a sexual attraction to. It just means the emotional connection is a prerequisite. Yes. And to add to that, it's like every demisexual is different and every for me as a demisexual it's different for every person it might take weeks or it might take years um but recently I kind of was doing some writing for a project and all of a sudden it realized I realized I was like okay I don't think that sexual attraction is the right word for me as a demisexual because it's like varies from person to person I think just physical attraction is the best word because for me like a first date, the thought that someone might try and kiss me or hold my hand 
sends me into like a whirlwind of anxiety because I, I I know I'm telling you things you already know, but this is for the listeners. Yes. It's, that it's not a choice. It's not the same as being like, I just rather get to know someone before I have sex with them, which is fine and great. And you're so okay. If that's what you choose to do, do your thing. Absolutely. But it's not the same thing. It's not a choice. It's like, I would love to just see a hot person on the street and decide I'm attracted to them, but that's not the way it works. I would love to like receive advances from someone attractive at a bar and chat to them and that not be an awkward situation for me. My God, yeah. I know. I would love to have a slutty phase if I could. Yeah. Like I, I, I have, I I'm actually, so hard. I have a joke about demisexuality, which is like, yeah. Like, essentially, well, I kind of referenced Demi Lovato at one point being like, it's not, I don't have to listen to Demi Lovato to come. That's just coincidence. <laughs> uh, and then, like, and then I literally say, like, yeah, you need, like, the emotional connection. Um, and, like, so I couldn't have a slutty phase, even if I wanted to. And I firmly believe that I've never had a slutty phase. Like, really, like, I, I would say, like, there was a, definitely a time that I was a little more slutty, but... I still required a level of trust and comfort mm-hmm. with somebody before yeah. I would, would do that. Like, I don't think I've ever had a one night stand. No, and neither I have think. I. And I've tried. I've had the intention of setting out to do that before. And, and then it hasn't happened. Did you like, did you get to the point where you like met up with somebody and like really tried well, or? No, it was just like, it was before I knew the term demisexuality, all that just like having these feelings weren't just a phase I was going to grow out of because I was like this is a phase right I'm going to grow out of it right um and the closest I ever came to a one night stand was meeting someone at Bailey's and like having just met them that night and like we thought it was a funny joke to we met some Australians there and then we like you know when drunk people just decide things are funny and they're not but we decided it would be funny to pretend to be a couple And so we went along, but it wasn't like a thing where we went aside and we're like, okay, if they ask, we'll say this. It was like, as they would ask questions, we would just make them up on the spot. So, and we were drunk. So it was hilarious. Um, But that that kind of, from there, then later that night, like I hooked up with that person and I was like, whoa, that's never happened to me before after meeting someone that quickly. And I think A, alcohol, but B, because I developed this false sense of emotional connection saying they'd been my partner for years obviously if I was sober I don't think that emotional connection would have been like the same thing but like yeah that's the closest I ever came to a one-night stand and then I continued to see that person on and off so like it definitely wasn't a one-night stand and that's wild too because even though yeah I guess like if you generally look at it it wasn't like a a a really thick emotional connection but you still (laughs) you still in the moment felt connected yeah. And yeah. so like that that's why you were able to do that. Uh which is so fascinating. Like it's uh it's it's weird. I did a like an Instagram poll being like, Do you do you guys know what demisexuality is? What were the results? And it was actually higher for no. I do think it's it's one of those one of those sexualities that people are quite unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Seventy percent no. Wow. Okay. 30%, 30% yes. Uh, and then I did actually have another little question here, which was, um, what, what do you guys think it is? 
like what's mm-hmm. what do you think mm-hmm. it is and i had a typo in it so i ended up deleting the post but i did get some responses mm-hmm. uh so some of the responses were <laughs> some some people wrote jokes so someone wrote <laughs> uh someone who is only uh attracted to demigods <laughs> Uh, someone wrote, when I'm hor- horny 50% of the time and not the other 50% of the time. I mean, that's a really <laughs> abstract way to describe it. <laughs> yes, right? Uh, and then some some people were, were bang on. So like, so someone said, uh, finding emotional attachments uh, sexually stimulating, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, prioritizing connections mm-hmm. uh, over physical, mm-hmm. like like connections over yeah over physical i think that was mm-hmm. all she said uh and that was it. that was pretty much it so yeah. some people do tend to know what it is but i think what you said about the fact that like this doesn't mean that like every person that we're close with we want to bang right exactly. it just means that it's like the prerequisite like exactly what you said it's a great way to say it yeah and i think um the fact that you know a majority of the people who took that poll didn't know what it was i didn't know what it was and i am it so like, it's just one of those things, like I talk about it a lot on social media and I really, I love the amount of people that come to me and be like, I'd never heard of this before, but like, thank you for talking about it. Cause I think this is something I'm like, it resonates, yeah. it, res- yeah. it can resonate really hard because demisexuality yeah. and like, I'd love to like look into this more and like explore asexuality a little bit it's more. On, it's on the asexuality spectrum. It's like, on that spectrum, which is wild yeah. to me because for me, like I, I used to always have the highest sex drive, horniest mm-hmm. person ever. Uh-huh. You want to know why? I was in love with people. There was people yes, I was literally in exactly. love with. Well, that's what it is. That's it, right, Sarah? That's exactly what it is. It's like, I love having sex, but when I'm not, I'm not, like, it's, like, I've been in a, I've been, I've been in a pandemic. We've been in a pandemic for so long, and it hasn't bothered me once that I right? haven't had someone to sleep with, but... Right when I've been dating someone or seeing someone, it's like, yeah, let's fucking go. It's like, any I, chance I, we I, get. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's the strangest friggin' thing because for me, like I, I always say like the other thing with me is, is like, I'm also a love addict. So mm. I have all these, I have a lot of issues, Lauren. I'm a codependent love addict, demisexual. Like I'm just a recipe for disaster. You're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> love addiction for me i think like was like when i read the like the characteristics of love addiction that for me was the moment of i've never identified with something more in my my Mm -hmm. entire life which was essentially just like you put everything into what other people think of you you are very codependent with guys that you're you you have feelings for and like all of this Mm -hmm. um but like yeah it it uh it's a strange thing like was there a defining moment for you where you really went like you had that one night kind of attempted one night stand experience but was there any other defining moments where you were like yes I'm definitely demisexual like for sure I think before I knew what that term was the first time it flagged that maybe this isn't just like something I'm gonna grow out of is when I was in my earlier 20s And so like when I lost my virginity, I was a teenager and it was my teenage boyfriend. And then everyone I kind of had sexual experiences with between then and when this break happened were people I was dating or really good friends with that we were like, 
just like one day we hooked up and then that yeah. happened a few more times like but I had that connection with them so it was okay like that's a thing too it's like I don't necessarily have to date them yes yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't mean we're going to be in a relationship it just means now I'm there with you but yep. then I like I remember I'd moved to a different place and so I hadn't like there was no one in my life I guess now looking back at it that like fit into that box <laughs> no pun intended and I didn't have sex or kiss anyone let alone have sex or anything in between for like three years and I remember wow. I remember because I was in my early 20s and I remember when I got to the one year feeling so embarrassed and so ashamed right. because the expectation at that age too when we're all going out and having drinks and meeting cool people and I lived a town in a town where there was like hot backpackers everywhere all the time so like you literally could just like hook up with a hot person and never see them again so all my friends are doing that and I was like and I had someone I wasn't vocal about the fact that it had been that long because I was so embarrassed but I did have a friend because this then it ended up being like a three year ish break. And then the next person I slept with was a friend down the line um, that we had like a, a casual kind of thing. But during that break, I remember another friend, we're all at a bar and him being like, Lauren, like you're never looking at people when we're at the bar. He's like, I noticed like the rest of us will like check people out or like be looking for someone's cool to maybe talk to which are all totally fine and normal things that people do at the bar. I totally get it. He's like, but I just noticed you're just like here. I'm really present in our conversation and never looking around. And like, he didn't have an answer for it. It was just something he flagged. And right. then another friend during that time had mentioned being like, do you think you're asexual? Another mm. close friends genuinely asked me that with like from a place of love. And I had someone else ask me the same question another time in my life. So that was like the real period where I was like, yeah, this isn't like a coincidence. This isn't, this is a thing. Yeah. And yeah. So then like the, the break was over for a while and I had some like other things and then I came to Canada and there was another break. And now it's just like in my life, I just recognize that there's breaks sometimes. So I've had like a couple of like three year breaks. I've had a couple of like six months, one year breaks like the pandemic is a year and a half long now, but oh like, oh but like I hadn't, I hadn't had sex with anyone for over a year before that. And it didn't bother me. I'd gone on a few dates and like made out with some people, but yeah. like they were people that like, even that it like took some time for me to get to that point. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Every, everything you're saying to me is just like ringing so <laughs> true because because for me and one thing I, I feel like sometimes you learn these things the hard way and for me I think and I don't know if you can relate to this but I I would actually try to have sex with people a little too soon or people I wasn't dating or people who weren't committed to me and yeah. then I would instantly get feelings because I think I already probably had feelings anyway and yeah, that's why right. I had sex with them but then but then it turns out oh I don't want anything to do with you and then I'm heartbroken and I just go well I think it's literally well one I'm probably just not cut out for casual sex I don't know if demisexuality is the best for casual yes. sex <laughs> depending you know it, it all depends on the person but like for mm -hmm. me like I learned a lot of those things the hard way mm -hmm. and also just the ability you're right the ability to like kind of look objectively at someone and go yes you are an attractive person yeah. But I feel nothing. <laughs> yes, exactly. I can totally see that you're a good looking human being or that you're a wonderful, radiant human being. I can see all of these qualities in you. 
But I'm not feeling it anywhere. (laughs) I don't feel it anywhere. And also, two, and this is kind of wild, and I don't know if this is tied into demisexuality, but, like, if you're not feeling yourself, like, I haven't... I haven't masturbated in months because I'm just right. not, I'm not actually connected to myself even. Interesting. So yeah. like the, I, the I actual self-love. I don't self-love know down, if that is. Like that's not a factor for me. Like I, I definitely have a healthy relationship with myself. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's sure. why I love you. Yeah. Which is like also something that I, I like the fact that I can confidently say that coming from a Catholic upbringing where it wasn't talked about and probably definitely shamed. Um, yeah. yeah. Guess what? She makes love to herself. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. And that's not to say that doesn't mean it's a demisexuality thing. It's different for everyone. So probably. Di- and there's so many factors that go into this. I mean, we can get in yeah. like hormones and like sex drive things. Like of course. There's, it's everything's a combination of things I feel like, yeah. but it's just an interesting yeah. idea where you go like like connection is so important like yeah it's like this all-encompassing thing and like for me it's for me it's like I had this like hot guy fucking hot guy wanting to hook up like somewhat recently a couple months ago Uh sending me pictures and like by all standards I should have been like let's go didn't feel a thing I was just I had had zero interest I was like unless you want to actually get to know me Mm -hmm. like I'm not doing this. And it was a moment. It was, I was actually like really proud of myself because I finally caught it and I went, this isn't happening because I'm only going to get hurt. And And you could name it now. It's better. Like I feel better now. I can name it and be like, this isn't for me. Yes. This is what it is. Yeah. And I'm not a fucking prude. Thanks everyone that's ever called me one. (sighs) Oh my gosh. Um, I have a question Yes. Oh, sorry. I have a question because like talking about demisexuality and I'm so enjoying talking to someone who gets it. Um, yeah. There's a couple of things like you said about um, that. I'm not sure if these are demisexuality things, but I'd be curious to know if you relate to them. The first being like you mentioned the hot guy that like wanted to hook up, which is definitely something I've experienced. But do you ever, this is something that's happened a few times, completely miss because it's not the way you behave, but completely miss signals from people not necessarily wanting to hook up, but like they're genuinely interested in like taking me out or hanging out or like they're texting me every day and they want to like hang out and go to dinner or like go to a show or like Julie sings. And I'm just like, I'm just like, and I'm not, I'm not brushing them off because I'm not interested. I'm just genuinely treating them, treating them the same way I would treat you and be like, Hey, I'm really busy, but like I could, do you want to like in two weeks, do you want to like do this? But and then they're consistent until they're not because obviously they're just like, well, she's not interested in me. So like, I'm going to back off. But I have, I don't want to say blown it, but I've been clueless on numerous occasions with people like this, that then obviously by the time I come around for mm. one of a better phrase and realize what's happening and by which point normally lines up with me developing the emotional connections. And now I'm on the same path. They've rightfully so been like, mm. Meh moved on and that's i i don't i, I don't have a lot of people want to hang out with me <laughs> but, well i mean like but, maybe this is past lauren like <laughs> yeah but but that kind of leads me to another question i have which is like so you're not really picking up on these signs because you don't quite have that that like emotional connection with them yet what to you like what does it take for you to feel that is it like a natural is it like kind of a situation where like in my mm-hmm. mind when i think of 
an ideal connection, it's something that happens naturally, whether it's like you meet mm-hmm. through mutual friends or you already are friends and you just... For me, like, having three-hour conversations with people, I'm like, I could be in love with any podcast guest. Because, like, you talk for someone for three hours, like, you could, I could easily be in love with anyone. That is how I feel about, okay, not even real people. Characters, I've talked about this before, but characters in the TV shows I binge, and especially during the pandemic, because I spent so much time alone binging sitcoms with like cool cute hot people that I develop an emotional connection to because I've been watch I've been spending two hours a day with them and I don't realize that I had some pretty wild sexy dreams over the pandemic and then just were like oh okay I need to stop watching Great British Bake Off because Noel Fielding and I (laughs) are not in a relationship (laughs) like so so do you think it's consistency like do you think it's the someone in your life can i i heard a quote recently that was like consistency is a love language and i was like oh my god oh my god that's my love language Wow, that blew my mind i think you're right because that would also explain the like again i don't like to use this phrase but until i can think of a better way to phrase it the coming around yes for me because i do think about and like like I said, there was a couple of people where this has kind of happened. And I, now that I know it, and again, during the pandemic, been able to like dive into it more, I can name it so yeah. that when the world opens up again, I can be upfront with people and be like, this is how I feel. This is who I am. If you're interested in me, you have to name it, but there's no, like, you can't just go and say that to every person you meet. Mm-hmm. And it's totally understandable that someone wouldn't come up to you and be like, hi, I think you're really cool or whatever it is. And I'd like to hang out with you and and blah, blah, blah. No, it's totally reasonable for most human beings to just be like, hey, do you want to hang out sometime? And I don't know what that means. So like, how do we (laughs) tell people? But then yes, the consistency of them asking that. So then obviously you get to know them better. Yeah. Oh my God. We're fucked. (laughs) We are fucked. Like it, it, it's Us. just, yeah, it, 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 you know what? Like, it's a beautiful thing to be. Like, I think there's so many beautiful aspects of it, but there's so many 100%. challenges with it. There's so many so challenges. Many challenges. It that it's like really hard. And it, it and it does, I, I don't know if you find this. Are you somebody who, when you get hurt, do you hurt hard? Like, are you someone who. That was going to be my other question. Oh my gosh. It takes See? me, as long as it takes me to warm up, it takes me maybe twice as long to get over you. Cause I feel like I've built such a fucking connection. I've yeah. Fuck man. Breakups have fucked me. And I, like I thought again, I was like, Oh, just cause I was young. I was a teenager. I was in my early twenties. And then I had a relationship like a couple of years ago, but like any normal person would not have taken that long to get over that relationship because like for whatever reason. And it wasn't, I don't like at the end of the day, I don't even, you know, it's just the, yeah, I don't know. That's it, it wasn't always just them. It was like the idea of it too. It was like, nah, I put so much into this, like more than a, not, not just like a normal person would. And I'm using air quotes. If you're only listening to this normal, normal. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, I put in a lot of time and effort. It's like, no, I fucking put so much into this that you'll never understand. Yes. You put your, you put so much of your, of yourself into it is the thing. It's, it's a lot of energy and it's a lot of mental energy. And also too, it's like, because we, because we value connection so much, 
it's mm-hmm. probably one of those things where I don't know if you feel this way, but like I feel like I have very few close, close, close connections. And mm. um, but I cherish those close, close connections like with my life like I, I mm-hmm. would jump you know jump in tr- front of a train for these people kind of mm-hmm. thing and so like when when you lose that we feel it 10 times harder you know you're like, mourning it's, it's yeah. mourning that person it's great mourning yeah. that part of it and then so I want to ask you this then if it takes you a really long time to get over a breakup or whatever the same way it does for me it's not like I feel like for a lot of people, some people are like, yeah, sometimes it takes me a while to get over a breakup, but then gradually I am. I'm like, no, it takes me a fucking long time. And then one day I just wake up and I'm okay. Yes, yes, yes. It's not gradual at all. I literally go from still being fucking miserable to one, like, I don't know whether it's just like one thing happens or what, but then I'm just like, all right. Do you find that it's the times that you do actually get over somebody? It's like, because you just haven't seen them in your life. Like, fuck, Sarah. (laughs) So going back to consistency, right? If we fall, if we fall in love with people because of consistency, oh my god! As soon as they're gone, like real people (laughs) and the TV shows, obviously that I'm like comparing myself to because that's like I stop watching the TV show, I stop being attracted and having sex dreams about Noel Fielding. I fuck. Isn't that wild to think about? Because for me, consistency thing has just blown my mind consistency and so if they're like okay like in my mind like i had a recent heartbreak and this person blocked me from everything i found out recently like i'm blocked mm-hmm. from everywhere i mm-hmm. I, tr- I did try to like send them a voice memo a couple months ago mm-hmm. essentially just being like i'm thinking of you i hope you're still alive uh <laughs> i hope you're not dead like <laughs> and uh and found out that like i'm blocked everywhere like literally there's no trace of this person this person ghosted me worse than andrew vaughn did like <laughs> Like, Andrew Vaughn is sticking around more than this guy is. But I realized that, like, I'm starting to get over him because I'm just not seeing this person, Uh, any trace of this person anymore. And even though it sucks and it hurts, out of sight, out of mind is the only way I can get over somebody. I've never been friends with an ex-boyfriend or an ex, like, I call them dalliances, you know? Like, these, these, like, situationships that aren't quite relationships, but but they're very impactful they're equally as impactful i think um and like i can't i don't get people who can be friends with yes i don't understand it you are blowing my fucking mind (laughs) this is fuck this is like where's your fucking bell ding 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 we're making progress we're understanding ourselves better now this is so powerful i'm so appreciative of this conversation (laughs) because like yeah yeah i um this is, like you said, it does suck. Like a lot of being demisexual sucks. But knowing these things and, and talking them out with you here and now as well and knowing more through this conversation can be really powerful tools. That even if it still sucks, at least now we have the knowledge. Like now I have the knowledge to next time I have a heartbreak, I can say, I need a clean break and give that to myself versus trying to be friends or trying to keep the peace or trying whatever the fuck. Or checking in on them because you want to still care for these people. Yeah, you exactly. You want exactly. to, cause I can like, I, it's just, it's just, um, it's painful, but what you said there is, is so correct. Like giving yourself that gift. Yeah. Of, for of, you. 
you know it's it's, yeah. it's just whew, yeah and it's then on the other lot. side the gift of knowing which is something that like I've I have like delved into like I said more throughout this time alone but like giving the gift to myself of knowing that I need this time to warm up and how to articulate that properly and that right there is why it's important to have conversations like these with people mm -hmm. who relate to you because we Mm -hmm. can then like for me a huge thing is like going forward with dating like I know exactly like what has to happen I'm not doing casual Mm -hmm. sex I'm not doing I'm if you send me a dick pic before a date no going on the date (laughs) No, like I actually like I I need you to be obsessed with me. I need you to be obsessed with me and like to really want to get to know me and get close to me because that's literally my standard. And I don't care if people think that's a high standard because that's exactly no. what I need. And that's like what I've learned. Because you're going to return that. So fucking be on the same level. Get on my level. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty wild. The consistency thing is so... It, mm-hmm. And it, it probably, I mean, to go even deeper with it, it could probably go back to like childhood wounds and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like if you were someone who grew mm-hmm. up feeling like like people always let you down or people mm-hmm. didn't show up for you, um, it would make sense that you would really want that for like a partnership. You would want someone who could show up for you every day kind of thing. I call it like the, yes. morning, the morning and night person. Like that's what I want. Like I want a, a good morning person and a good night person in my life. Wow. And when I don't have that, I feel insanely lonely, like mm. the most lonely when I don't have someone going morning, like, like, you know, over your coffee, you're mm. texting them or like you text them before you go to sleep kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's that for me is the real deal. Yes. So people listening to this who are obviously in love with both of us, um, <laughs> You know, you know we're in love with you probably yes and you're like I just don't know I don't know how to read her I don't I don't understand what you need to do is be consistent with your text and then on the other hand if you're listening to this being like Lauren will not leave me alone then you just need to stop <laughs> writing back to my text yes <laughs> ghost me get Come, out you know what like maybe ghosting is a good thing like maybe for us maybe there's some advantages to it i don't know it's pretty yeah, damaging maybe, but... maybe let me know like maybe ghosting isn't the right thing maybe be like i'm gonna go now and then go here's what it is it's like ghosting with closure because i think yeah because i think that there's value in taking space and i like i said i just seriously don't get people who can try to maintain friendships with people that have hurt them hmm. but i really like closure and mm-hmm. I actually posted a, I posted an Instagram poll being like, hey guys, like, does closure matter in getting over somebody? Mm. Like, is it so, like a, a, a official close to a chapter or an official goodbye or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, in my mind, I see closure as it's a, cl- like, it's a goodbye, but it's also a conversation that leaves you understanding what happened more. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I love closure and I will still struggle with getting over people, but I would much rather have it than not have yeah, it. You know, absolutely. It's not, it's not a switch. You can just flick off. How but, do, you, yeah. do, do you have any thing that you found is good for you when getting over somebody? Like what's your kind of go-to? I mean, just never seeing them again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. I feel like a lot of the bigger breakups I've had in my life because there was already a big intertwining of our lives before we got together because I'm a fucking demisexual because therefore I wasn't attracted to you until you were already very heavily in my life Mm -hmm. that when we broke up you're still in my life like I've had lots of (sighs) quite a well all of the all of the people that I've like been in relationships with that made it really hard because you're a big part of my life even if I'm trying really hard like it doesn't mean I'm gonna like call you and hang out but like it's been like friend groups or work or things like that that have made that the case yeah 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 it's freaking brutal I I always tell people and I and I heard it somewhere I think it was um there's a TED talk that's like how to get over how to mend a broken heart or Mm -hmm. or something like that which is like I'm just gonna assume do you also idealize partners you idealize them oh yeah 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 yeah. so a really good tip is to actually write a list of all the shitty things this person has done all the reasons every if you could write down every moment like that they've stressed you out or hurt you or like made you feel small and take that list and like put it on your wall and look at it every day and like that's like a, a really good way to go i that's what that's i always great. tell people I'm like make a list make a list of things yeah. and don't remember like try not to think about the good times because yeah right because it's so that's all you're thinking about when you're going through a breakup i feel like because we're in a pandemic and i moved to a new city at the start of the pandemic that like it's gonna be a really long time before i go through a breakup again because <laughs> it's gonna be a really long time before i warm up to someone again but i'm gonna keep that tip that's I, uh, do you, are you are you a single gal right now like are you I actually, am a single gal totally yeah. single are you looking is a relationship something that you um want currently or are I you just gonna let it happen yeah I think if it happens it happens I think any of the times I've ended up dating someone I haven't been that hasn't been the intention it's again it's just like all of a sudden I'm like oh shit I'm attracted to you and you're attracted to me yeah. um but it's never been my intention. So mm. I, I don't think I'm ever looking, but, mm-hmm. but if a good thing comes along, I'm not going to say no to it. That's, you know, you don't say no to things that seem good for you, right? You shouldn't. So, but I feel like just like current life circumstances mean that's probably going to be a while because I don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the COVID situation in Montreal? Is it? It's getting better like I shouldn't say I go nowhere I've been to a couple of patios of of recent so that's been nice um yeah I have I have a couple of really cool friends here I like five or six really good friends um yeah but none of them are romantic interests Right. And they're not ones that could turn into a romantic interest either. So. I love how that's like a, a demisexual win. It's like, I have a friend and they're only a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Check. They're in relationships or our sexualities are not compatible or, right? or both. Like, so yeah, it's, we're going to, we're going to be fine. They are friends. So in your mind, Lauren, so for a guy or gal looking to take you out on a date, my gosh what's your ideal date i hate dates i haven't been on many <laughs> i do I too haven't, 
happening. I detest them. I detest them too. I'm so nervous. They make my palms sweaty. Yeah. Like that is demisexuality. I'm just, I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't drink anymore, but when I would drink, I would just like drink a lot if I knew I was going on a date because like I was fucking terrified. Yeah. Like, God, that's another thing I have to think about. I've never been on a sober date, so that's joyful. I just would rather not. I would rather something organically happen. Like, but then yeah. how does that work? Like, unless you're a friend or like a coworker, which like try to avoid that. That's not a good idea. Yeah. Then, like, how do you form these organic? connection relationships without investing too much that you resent it yeah or or investing too much and then it's only one-sided too yeah like you can't just be like oh this person is my friend and let's see what happens when they're just like yeah cool we're friends like because that's not how it works either it's not like i i get my eyes set on someone and be like oh yeah i'm gonna like hang out with them until i feel things yes it's why literally that that's exactly why most of my crushes in fact probably all of them were friends they were people i already yeah. knew and i was Everyone. getting to, i was getting to know naturally anyway so yeah. like duh i'm gonna fall for them like, yeah. <laughs> like it's just like an instant it's it's just so so, yeah. easy, so much easier you know with friends yeah. yeah they're all yeah they're all friends or people that i just know through whatever like may, maybe i go to where they work a lot so i have a like they serve me at their place of work a bunch so i formed a relationship with them that way or they perform on stage not as a comedian um <laughs> like you know so you like they're, they're that was my favorite way. not a comedian moment not a comedian never again um <laughs> she said again. multiple times in her life um <laughs> so it's just like yeah there are other ways to find these connections I guess. yeah and i guess it is just and i mean this kind of leads nicely into like what i want to talk to you about next which is self-love and self-discovery because uh, I, I we hear so many cliches like when we're alone and single like one big one is you have to love yourself before you can live and I, I I say it like that because I, I just resented that statement for so long and I'm only now coming into realizing that how true it is um mm. and also realizing the sheer importance of loving yourself and being totally satisfied with you so that when that natural connection comes into your life it's a bonus and not like a requirement or not a neediness (laughs) thing Mm. and it's just a bonus that something that enhances your life versus something that you need and you are like the perfect example of this because number one you do a lot of things you you have a lot of passions that you do but also like you clearly love yourself. So how did you get here? I want to know about this <laughs> self-love journey because I, I, it truly inspires me. And it's really nice to see online too, like mm-hmm. just your presence. And, and even if it's just like you like taking a selfie being like, I'm hot as fuck. Like, <laughs> I love that. And I want to get there. So like, how did you get here? I don't, I don't know if there was like a specific journey. Um, I will say, though, as a friendly reminder, that everything you see online is a highlight reel. You don't see everything. I I do consider myself someone who's pretty confident and loves loves life and myself to the best of my ability. But that doesn't mean it's perfect. Like the last year and a half, well, not just the last year and a half, but to take that chunk of time, I've had some fucking 
awful days, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it happens to everyone. We just don't always post online. So Truth. I just, I just want to start by saying I'm not always the person you see online, but I actually love to can I, spread some joy. <laughs> I actually love to hear that. Cause like, yeah. I don't, I don't want anyone to listen to any podcast I do assuming that the guest is perfect. Uh, Cause they're not. And that's why I have them on. I'm pretty close. (laughs) You're dang close to it. I remember seeing like an Instagram story that you did. I don't know. It might have been at the last lockdown, but it was you reading old journals or old diaries. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's something at the start of every year, I'll read my journal from the year before. Um, It's like my New Year's thing and kind of see, think about the things that happened last year. Mm-hmm. And this time, because a lot of it was spent alone, some of them were really interesting. And I just decided to read some of those on my Instagram story and like tag people that maybe I was talking about. Um, it was it was fun, but it was like I especially wanted to share. There was a few where I was just like, really fucking they were like they were funny. Like I wasn't on my Instagram story crying, but I was like this fucking sucks everything fucking sucks like reading from my journal I fucking hate everything fuck 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 and like so it was funny but also like the person who wrote that was not laughing right she was she was fucking pissed and sad and angry mm. and over everything um that's wild yeah I don't really know if I have an answer to how I got to where I am because I feel like a I don't think it was a conscious decision I made, but B, I don't think the journey's ever over as well. Oh, that's so, so true. So it's just like, yeah, I think I just try, try my best. I just try my best. And I think the more I lean into the things that make me me versus, and I still do this, I'm still guilty of it, but the less I try to be other people is probably the better way to say it. The more, mm. and I feel like, I tweeted about this recently because I had a big breakthrough in a life coaching session where I was like, holy shit, because I've spent all this time alone, I'm the most authentic version of myself (gasps) that I've ever been. And that just like blew me away because I was like, there's less outside outside influences, less people impacting how I dress or act or what I say or what I do. Like I pick my outfit in the morning for Zoom, sure, but I pick my outfit in the morning based on who do I want to be today? Not who am I going to see today? Oh my gosh. You know? like, yeah, it's so just so cool. I think this year and a half has really brought it up a notch if there was going to be an answer. Did you uncover, and like this is kind of like an icky question, so feel free to like avoid the answer if it's too deep, but like when you were in this process of being alone and like self-reflecting, did anything come up that you were like, Oh, this is something about myself that I freaking hate yeah. and it's ugly and it's mm. brutal because that is something that like I always think about when I see people that I'm jealous of like people who are usually in relationships because I'm a love addict um, <laughs> I often go wow like they you know say people like couples that have like been together since high school or something <laughs> like they've been together a long time it's like right. these people have never had the real alone time that say a single person in a lockdown would have of like truly looking into themselves Mm -hmm. and figuring out who they are. And Mm -hmm. so like to flip it around, like it's actually awesome to be single and 
learn these things because you can become your your true authentic self but it brings up some ugly stuff too yeah did anything come up for you that was like that stood out to you as like a learning experience or like maybe something maybe something even that like you're still working on because like like you said it doesn't it doesn't end for sure I think quite a few things came up and like I've been seeing a life coach for just over a year now and she's fucking changed my life (laughs) um so we work through a lot of these things together and she's helped bring out like lots of good for me so much good and helped me work through some not so good Um, But I do remember going back to those journal entries. I don't think I read this one aloud on my Instagram story, but I do remember seeing it. Um, Actually, do you have a second? I'll I'll find it. Okay, give me one second. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I have my 2020 journal and I remember it was like early in the pandemic times. So let's find March because I remember thinking it was early enough that I was like, Bet you're alone for six days. <laughs> like if only you. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you're in for it. <laughs> if only you knew what you were fucking in for. Um, my handwriting. Oh, do you have messy handwriting? Oh, when I'm journaling? Yeah. But actually, this is interesting. My journal entries are so neat now I don't drink. <laughs> It's not that interesting. It's probably just something that would be very obvious. That's hilarious. It is day six. I remembered that correctly. Okay. This is from March 20th of 2020, day six in isolation. I realized today I act the way I do in romantic relationships, seeking people who don't know how to show emotional love. And then my go-to is to then bicker as my mind tells me that is the only way to show, therefore receive passion because that's the only love I've known from watching my parents (sighs) to do after this is over the pandemic doesn't ever end is to undo this in therapy and work through this to help me find fair open open loving love that i deserve and that i want to give with someone but also with myself wow and then march 21st right under that it says today is harder being alone is also worrying (laughs) so you know this book this can be like published in and, 20 years time and people be like this bitch <laughs> do you want to know what and do you want to know what i love about that like that wasn't even a long journal entry you just wrote something yeah i'm like it, normally pretty short my journal entries yeah isn't it insane how much seeing our parents affects us i never used to think that until mm. recently as well where i go Oh shit, like this is why I do this. This is why I do that. This is why I act this way. And so much of it is tied to like that early attachment and like Mm -hmm. also what you see, how you see your parents act and like their romantic partnership. Like it's, it's fucked. Yeah. I mean, I love my, I love my parents so much. And like, obviously, I don't want to comment on anything to like and say that they did a shit job because they definitely didn't. But like, to your point, like we absorb so much and we learn so much from them. And like, they broke up when I was 10, but remained on and off friends for years. And it was this passionate friendship of like, being best fucking friends to the point where you just assumed they were still married to fucking hating each other and it was just like from both sides from anger or with love it was just so passionate and that's what I learned that's what I learned watching them like that's love 
Yeah. It's not love. That's not the love I want anyway. You know, I, I don't want, I don't want to be driving love out of you. Yeah. And those two extremes of like, it, it kind of yeah. reminds me of like the couples that are like, you're either having passionate sex or you're yelling at each other. And it's like, yeah, no, love is actually like, like common. Like it, it should be, yeah. it should feel like I heard something. I don't remember where I heard it from. Cause I just, I, I consume a lot of shit, but like I heard something that was like, essentially like if you have butterflies is actually a bad sign. I've like, read that. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 and I had a, a somewhat re- recent crush that like was a little bit different in the sense that like, I was like, Oh, this person calms me. I'm like, that's uh. a new that's a new thing for me as well. Cause I also too was driven towards like those passionate like <laughs> interactions, yeah. the the fighting, the yelling, the being so frustrated with somebody, but then like also wanting to fuck their brains out. <laughs> like like, yes. like like I was always yeah. driven towards that too until like somewhat recently where I was like, Okay, I need to like more guys that like just make me calm. Um, yes. not trigger cortisol <laughs> cortisol going up and down like yeah. so much oh my god <laughs> yeah like and yeah I think just learning better communication skills is something that and I'm not gonna say I'm like the worst girlfriend that's ever existed because I'm pretty great but that was definitely a flaw that I realized for myself and fuck knows how I came up with that on day six in isolation who the fuck was texting me making me who knows? Why was that my journal entry? Dunno. <laughs> do you do do you journal every day? Every single day? Every day. So mm-hmm. I've been doing it. There's a ton of books down there. I think I've been doing it for about five years. And then I have a couple that like because I took a break for a while. I have a couple from a few years before that. But yeah, every day. Oh, and it's never a long necessary unless it's like a lot I want to get off my chest. But it's not like I try and write pages. It's just like Fuck. what's on my mind right before bed. And wow. Then, and then I go to bed with it, like getting it off my mind, whether it's good or bad, just like ending, sealing off the day. That's like, I need to do this because I think the reason I, it intimidates me is because I assume you have to write like two pages of like no. <laughs> four months. I'm one like, sentence. yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. And to, and what a treat to actually have these right. to look back on and go, look look how far I've come or like yes it's have so... some sympathy for yourself too like when I did shadow work the first page was writing an apology letter to yourself which is fucking deep as shit yes that's huge it's like, it's really nice when I read these back because yeah to your point I can have more love for myself because there's a few things that might happen. A, you might see something really sweet about someone in your life and you can take a photo and send it to them and be like, you don't know how much this meant to me on that particular day. Another thing that might happen is like, wow, I remember when that thing was really fucking me over and now I can read this and be like, it doesn't hurt me like that anymore. And the third thing, which is the most fun, is when you read something and you're like, I don't even remember that happening. Yeah. And like also like the things you worried about or the things you stress out about. Yeah, it all worked out. Or it didn't, but it's okay. <laughs> it is kind of like like when going back to like getting over somebody. Like yeah. you just go when you're actually over somebody, you look back and you go, How the fuck did I love this person? <laughs> I know. Well, that's going back to the switch, right? I'm like totally like I'm never gonna get over them. I'm never gonna get over them. And then one day I woke up and I was like, oh no. 
Oh, gosh. I, it's like I wrote that you? list that you said I should write, but I wrote it all in one night in my sleep and then woke up and was like, fuck, no, thanks, done, bye. Oh, my gosh. It, it's just it's such a, it's, you're right, the journey never ends and it's like a constant choice every day to be kind to yourself. Do you yeah. ever, do you ever struggle with um, negative self-talk at all? Like, do you ever, do you ever get really mean to yourself ever? I think I'm a lot better at not doing that now, but that's not to say I don't do it at all. Um, I think I have gone through phases where I'm like not in a good headspace and that becomes a big part of keeping me in that headspace. Like, you know, that I'm not good enough or I'm not accomplishing enough or like I was stupid for doing this or saying that or thinking about things I've said or done or the way I've treated other people and like some, some of that stuff is good to think about. Like maybe if you've treated someone like shit, you should reflect on that. But like, yeah, there's definitely negative self-talk that I have when I'm in those not so great head spaces. But I feel like in the last few years, I've managed to keep those head spaces more in check. Yeah. Yeah. But also during the pandemic, wasn't a good example so maybe not yeah I think I'm just better at recognizing them and coping with them now that's actually the that's, tools. that's a great way to look at it because you're not ever gonna fully solve it but if yeah. you can if you can just control it a little bit it's kind of like it just makes me think of like it's a weird comparison but like acne like for example I I have really bad skin um but now I have more control over it I know when it's happening at the first sign I instantly start you know taking better care of myself try to get more sleep try to drink more water take the makeup off earlier in the night like like and it's just literally a choice to be like I know this is coming but I'm gonna try to stop it as best I can before it happens Mm -hmm. even though it's still gonna happen but it's not gonna be as bad yes yes absolutely it's the same thing with negative self-talk. Yeah. Do you do a lot of, like, gratitude? Like, with your journaling, do you do anything, like, with gratitude? Yeah, most, like, my journaling did start, like, this one's called 2020 Happy Thoughts. Oh, I like, love that's that. How, that's how my journaling used to always be until this year. It's just, like, <laughs> well, actually, until last year, I guess, yeah. because last year, I think it took a turn, as we heard, from March 20th. Um, oh, that could be a happy thought though. Anyway, it used to just be like, right. And I started doing this when I was in one of those shitty headspaces a few years ago where I was in like a pretty deep depression and knew that I'd done it years before and it had helped definitely didn't fix everything, but it helped that the end of the day, you write the best thing about your day. And Mm. some days that's going to be really fucking easy, but some days that's going to be really fucking hard because you're not in a good headspace, but you're forced to think of something good right before you go to bed. So some days it was like, I saw a cute dog on the bus (laughs) and guess what? The rest of my day was shit. But the beauty of it is a, you're thinking of the good right before bed, but B again, when you go back to read these, you've just got 365 good memories and the bad doesn't exist anywhere. I really like that. That's the best part of your day. Yeah, because I guess a lot of gratitude journals, like it's either the best part of your day or something you were grateful for. Yeah, today. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So this year I've definitely shifted to more like, I wouldn't say it's like a negative journal, but like just being a bit more open and real. Like I feel like my journals are very much like my Instagram feed for a long time where it was like all of the good, which, which was good because I needed that at that time. I needed it to help me stay in that headspace. But then I've realized over the last couple of years that 
again, I have better tools and stuff now. So maybe it will just help to sometimes write about the frustrating things as well or the other yes. feelings I'm feeling. Well, because you're getting it out on the page. You're not. Yes. You know, it, it, it's a physical page. It's yours. It's you're not. I mean, you might post it publicly, but you might not. But like yeah, you've control you over it. To. Yeah, you don't have. Yeah. I like resentment is such a shitty feeling. Like just bu- mm. building up negative energy. Like I don't know if you're like this, but like I, if something's bugging me, I gotta talk to someone about it. Like I gotta get it out mm-hmm. to somebody, and mm-hmm. or else it'll just bubble. And mm. it'll come out in the in the worst ways, you know, like yeah. resentment. So, yeah, exactly. that's why we have a rant segment on this podcast. Because yes. <laughs> I, I, I want that negative energy out and then we can get to have this beautiful conversation about yes, demisexuality. That's yeah. very well thought out that you get that out <laughs> off the top and just let everyone like release their anger and then like. Yeah. Okay, now and it's then up. <laughs> deep breaths, deep breaths. So do you. You seem to have, like, a lot of amazing friends. Like, uh, I always see, like, you and your friends on, on Instagram, and I'm like, what a beautiful life she has. Um, do you struggle with loneliness at all? Do you ever get lonely? Yeah, I do. I'm very much a social person. Um, I do have lots of beautiful friends. I'm very lucky that way. Um, I I learn and grow a lot because of the people I surround myself with. You're no exception to that rule. Like, I just I I surround myself with wonderful people that, you know, make my life good. But loneliness is a thing. I think, yeah, I think because of the last, keep calling it year and a half, pandemic, um, there were some really hard, lonely times. But I, I think ultimately it made me better at dealing with loneliness. Um, again, just like better tools, better ways to better things to do when I'm feeling that way. But yeah, I really do. I feel that I feel lonely for particular people more than I feel lonely in general. Like mm-hmm. less so that I'm like, I wish I had someone around me right now. It's more that I wish I was with this person or these yep. people right now. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, going back to connection and how we, how much we cherish connection. And it's obvious that, yeah, if you had close relationships with people and you were missing them, are you the type to reach out and be like, hey, I miss you? Like, why oh, yeah. are we? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'll text my friends anytime I'm thinking of them. Like, hey, I was just thinking of you. Hope you're having a good day. Or I miss you. Or I just remembered this thing. Or do you remember this? La, la, la. Like, if I'm thinking about someone, I'll text them. Yeah, that's actually yeah. that's a great way to do it. I always get I I get so insecure with stuff like that because I'm like I don't want them to think I'm needy or desperate or like right again. You're I'm not. I'm you're very... telling them it's flattering. You're telling them you're thinking of them. It is a flattering thing. I've never had like an I miss you text that I didn't appreciate. Like I of course I, I love them. Yeah, they make your fucking day. They really, really do. Ah, yeah, it's such a such a struggle you mentioned earlier um you were talking about balance like when we were talking about the workaholism thing Mm. you're a very busybody person um are you getting that balance like are do you feel like you're on the way to getting that I'm on the way on the way to it I get I think I mentioned earlier about like how the the I feel like I just keep talking about like all the time alone I've had but I feel like all that time alone has shifted my priorities and focus that I'm now um, working towards having that balance more in my life. But I will say the part of my life where I make sure, because I have power to do this right now, 
to have that balance in my life right now is my mornings. My mornings are so precious to me. Like I'm awake at six, but I don't start work till 10. So though I have four hours of like a very strict and organized routine, but it involves taking my time to eat breakfast and having like a 15 minute skincare situation and meditating and working out Mm -hmm. and writing at a writer's hour and, you know, getting dressed and doing my hair and makeup and like taking my time to do that. And all of these things, checking my emails, just like, and doing it in a particular order that like I start slow and ease my way into the morning and get all my things done. So by the time I'm starting work, I've had my coffee, I've like been creative, I've moved my body. And now I'm not just like, oh, all I do is work. <laughs> you don't resent the work because you've taken that time yeah. for yourself and and, yeah. and work is just the natural next step versus yeah. oh my exactly. god I mean, the natural next step exactly and then if I get to the end of the work day and I'm fucking exhausted and all I do is lay on the couch I don't then have you, to feel bad about that because you did so much in the I mean that's truly inspiring I'm so not a morning person but that sounds amazing and like what a gift yeah. to give yourself I'm always leaving the house feeling like a overwhelmed mess because I sleep till the latest point. Like rushed? Rushed. Yeah. I, I, I'm a really bad sleeper because I have a lot of sleep issues right now, but like mm-hmm. I just feel, well, I'm a, a natural night person too, so that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. But like I just feel so like, oh, I'm not wearing what I want to wear and my hair isn't done and and uh, and I never eat breakfast anymore because I just don't have the time. Uh-huh. And it's just like fuck. I wanna, I wanna get there. I wanna be a morning person. Uh-huh. I don't know how I'll get there. I think it's just probably slow steps. Like go to bed earlier. Go to bed earlier. Go to bed earlier. Yeah, but also set <laughs> if it's an option for you, set your schedule later. Like if you know you're a night person, don't sit, tell yourself you're gonna wake up at six a.m. Be like, no, I'm gonna start work at eleven. So if I wake up at nine, I'm not rushing out the door. I'm giving myself the time. So of course that's not easy for everyone because work kind of dictates your hours sometimes, but like, yeah, I was just going to say, I'm like, I wish I could do that. The disadvantage to doing that for me is the comedy lifestyle and the fact that I need my evenings for comedy. Yes, of course. So it's like, I I constantly feel like I don't have the time and it's, Mm. it's, the yeah. balance balance is like my number one goal so anytime I see people who are like either succeeding with the balance or they appear to have it I'm just like tell me how <laughs> what would it take for you like what like not saying that this is something you can attain easily but if there is something that could change in your life for you to have more the balance that you want what would it be I'm bad with boundary setting. I think I say yes yeah. to a lot. I, I say yeah. I say yes to everything. And mind you, like with comedy, I was talking to my co-producer about this because now that I'm putting more love into Intoxicated, it's going to be even more of my evenings, um, which I love doing, but it is more time. Um, I was like, I need to make it a goal every month to pre-book my open mics not overbook open mics Mm. so no more than three a week like three would be Mm -hmm. the max and that would be like an extreme week um like I had a week that I did five shows in seven days and I was just like I don't even have time to like wash my clothes or like wash the dishes in the sink like it's I love doing this and it's a lot of fun but like I don't have it's just my life and Mm -hmm. it can't it just can't be that for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I'm going to like try to like pre-book mics, 
don't overbook mm-hmm. myself say yes to opportunities as they come but don't like overseek them kind of thing like I I never really I do consider myself a true open micer and that I'm happy just doing open mics because I'm yeah. learning I'm learning the craft and mm-hmm. um, I'm from the Andrew Vaughn school of comedy which is yes in the words <laughs> of Andrew Vaughn it would be you're a fucking open micer like, like that's how you would say it don't think you're anything but an open <laughs> micer um but I do get offered book shows and I'll take them mm-hmm. as they come but like I'm not gonna you're I'm not, not gonna seeking ask. them yeah I'm not mm-hmm. seeking them because I'm, I'm still I'm still new so I think that mm-hmm. that's like a small thing that I'm gonna try to do to like mm-hmm. get that balance mm-hmm. but also just make time for like I don't know in a google calendar if I should just block time to be like friendships talk to a goddamn friend and not a comedian friend because you'll just end up writing jokes together uh, <laughs> this like, is something I, that I I did and for the longest time I'm like it's not fucking working like I just <laughs> I keep I keep rebooking something else on that night. And then one day it was just working. And that was, I picked a night of the week where I knew it wasn't like usually a high traffic night. Like for you, it wouldn't, it would be a night that, you know, like there's, I'm pretty sure there's comedy every night in Halifax, but maybe it's a night where like the show, the show that's on isn't your favorite. So you don't care if you miss it. Um, Or it's like a, a pro show. So you're like, the odds are I might not be on that one as much as I might be on the one the next night. That's, you know, whatever it might be. But I picked a night where I'm less likely to be booked for something between like podcasts, work, other meetings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And block that off. Like, because I use the calendar in my phone for everything. I put an event that blocked off from like 6 p.m. till 11 p.m. And named it something like take a night for yourself, bitch. You know, (laughs) I love that. And it took time. It took time for me to do it. And now I've found it's become a habit that I have at least one night a week where I'm just, it's me in the couch. It's the you night. And that's another thing I I thought too. I was like, you need one night that's actually not social, not work, just you. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, that's for errands, laundry, relaxing. I don't know how to relax, but I hear it's fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) One life hack that has blown my mind is that I I started getting my groceries delivered because of the pandemic. And then when things became easier again, I still kept getting them delivered. And I got a whole half of a Saturday back. Man, I, like, um, I will pay the five dollar fee because it is worth it. It is priceless um, that I have a whole Saturday back. I'm with you on that. I literally had a psychic and a psychic reading tell me, please stop beating yourself up about ordering delivery. Literally, yes! she said that, and it was so true because I was I, I was getting a lot of delivery. Mm. and she was like you have to stop beating yourself up about it because your time is spent doing other things and this is a gift you're giving yourself to allow yourself to eat (laughs) yep yeah it's the same with groceries it's you're right it's it's just a small thing you can do if if it's convenient it should be worth the money to do that of course you You can't yeah you can't buy time back but you can you can buy food and save time. <laughs> you can buy food and save time. Um, I do want to ask you about stand-up because obviously yes. we're comedy gals. We both have worked behind the scenes in comedy. You very much so. Like, like just wow, your your resume. I'm just so lucky to know you because you're a wealth of knowledge. But um, oh my gosh, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to ask you about you had you had a stint in stand-up. Ooh. Um number one what was that like for you how how much of it did like how long did you do stand up a few months I want to say more than six months but less than a year and then I left for a bit and then I missed it and then came back to it 
and came back to it for a couple of months and then the pandemic happened got you oh okay so this is more recent than i thought all right mm-hmm. and is is it something that you said you're a sometimes comedian so is it something that in your mind you're like i'll do it when i want to but it's something like right now i'm i'm not interested in going to any shows because things have just started opening and i'm still pretty like cautious so yeah. that is quite convenient way of me being like i'm not doing it right now but on the same note i have been writing one joke a week for several months Ah! so my brain's still in it my heart's still in it and it was when i told him told my life coach that one day i was like yes i've been writing jokes and she's like sorry you've been doing what like that's not just something (laughs) like that's not something someone just does though like just writing jokes for no reason she's like keep writing them Like, and so then that's when I started doing them, like set myself a task, like in my writing sessions to make one of those a week, uh, developing a joke. And, you know, even if 80% of them are garbage, that's still 20% of several months worth of jokes that might be good. But her point was also like, if you don't read, if they don't get used on stage, I've got like other writing projects that I work on. She's like, they could be used. Like these are premises or stories that can be used for other things. So don't stop writing them. So yeah, sometimes comedian. <laughs> I love that you said once a week because I actually had the podcast I did, the last podcast I did, uh, he was talking about one joke a day. And I was Fuck like, no. Jesus, that's too much. No. One joke, one joke. Couldn't. I had a really hard time in this last lockdown. We've had three lockdowns in Halifax. I just creatively could not force myself to write. I find it very hard to sit down and go, I'm going to write a joke. Mm-hmm. But I don't find it hard to jot down premises. Yeah. And for me, like, I want to take what you just said, one joke a week, and I want to go, Sarah, once a week, go into your phone and pick a premise and try to make a joke out of it. Like Exactly what I do. I'm not coming yeah. up with a new thing. I'm Yeah, I'm referring to a list for yeah. sure. One once a day is that's too much. It's a lot. I, and for people like you and I who constantly overbook ourselves, it's but if you can section off an hour on a Saturday morning or afternoon or something, whatever like you find the time that works for you and put it in your calendar and that's your joke writing hour. Yeah. And that's yeah. I think that there's so much value in that. And just stretching the writing muscle in any way you can. Yeah. In yeah. any way you can. Yeah. Sometimes my jokes are like when I'm writing them, I'm like, this is less of a joke and more of a journal entry, but I got it off my chest. <laughs> and you wrote it down. And, and maybe down. and maybe something will come to you later that you yeah. go, oh, I can now have a joke that I can write about that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is, uh, I, you're, uh, you're damn inspiring to me. <laughs> so and, are you. In, in so many ways. And we're going to wrap, but we do have a, a last segment to get to. Uh, so unpopular opinion time oh my gosh don't hate me for this but it's time for an unpopular opinion so we start at negative and we're ending negative (laughs) (laughs) or maybe not maybe not maybe it's maybe it's a positive one but do you have an unpopular opinion it's I struggled so much thinking of this. And then the one I ended up thinking of, we've covered so much already. And my unpopular opinion in a nutshell is, well, it's basically demisexuality. (laughs) I was trying to think of like a funny, fun way to say it. But like my unpopular opinion is 
having sex with strangers isn't fun. I do. No, I actually do think that that and the reason I think that that is an unpopular opinion is and this is this is a double edged sword kind of thing. But like I ca- <laughs> we're in a time where women are really sexually empowered and mm. I call it. I call it slut encouragement, where we're so sexually empowered that it's very much so like, go fuck whoever you want. Who cares? Just go fuck him. And it's like, it's great. As you should. Yeah. But for people like us, it's like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) We're not going to do that. (laughs) Like, I I made like an OnlyFans like in in the lockdown. And like, Mm -hmm. ever since I told people that. It's just been like, show your tits. Like, it's, it's what I call slut encouragement. Like, it's, yeah. you know, be, be your sexy self. And it's just like, no, I want to I wanna talk to somebody in a blanket fort. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's my yeah. idea of a wild night with somebody. Like, you're yeah. right. It is. And it is. I do think that that is an unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, we just got to find more demisexuals. And of course, I've loved. I've connect. loved. Have- this is like the most in-depth one I've had. There was one guest I had on my podcast in the first season, Katie Ellen Humphreys, who's fucking awesome human, amazing comedian. But she, and I talked about it a bit, but I mean, my podcast is about the guest more than it is about having a, like a back and forth. So obviously it it wasn't as such of a deep dive that I had as many aha moments, but more just like, Oh, thank God I'm not alone. That I was like, it's like reading my journal, but this is like this is next level that we've like deep dived into demisexuality because hers was more about her coming out versus like we touched on demisexuality like i was was gonna ask you about the coming out thing because you know i i never saw myself as like coming out as demisexual like i right you know one day i just kind of found the term and was like Mm -hmm. oh yeah i'm that like Mm -hmm. and it wasn't this big thing Mm-hmm. But I wonder if there's going to come a time when sexualities like this become like, hello, everybody. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It just seems like it's one of those sexualities that I think it's so under the radar that people don't see it as coming out, even though it kind of is when you're yeah. admitting, yeah. I really identify with this label and I am this. Yeah. Like, technically, yeah. I guess I did it on stage when the first time I ever said the joke. And I did the same thing. I start, I, my early jokes were about bisexuality and the jokes I was telling before the lockdown were bisexuality and demisexuality. Right. Yeah. But like, but like did, did, with Demi, like, did people come up to you and go, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you, <laughs> that you're Demi. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, of course. Yeah. No one's congratulating me yeah. and being like, good for you. It's just, yeah, it's not quite, it's not quite as big of yes. a thing. But, but it, 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 it is part of the fucking rainbow. It is part of the LGBT plus rainbow. And it's, um, it's as valid as any of the others. Some people mm. forget a lot of like the other, other parts of the beautiful rainbow. If it's not the LGBT, which are obviously very important and amazing. Don't, yes. don't get me wrong on that. But yeah, like. It's a big yeah. one a big rainbow sexuality and demisexuality and lots of others that like I I had a podcast guest remind me that there are two cues in the alphabet one is queer and the other is questioning 
and questioning is just as valid as everything else. And it's like, fuck, you're so right. Like we've got to remind ourselves that like, if you're questioning what your sexuality is, you're as valid as anyone else in the alphabet. Ooh, goddamn! Yeah. That's a great shout out point. to Colin Marx for reminding me of that in my podcast. She's amazing. Colin Marx, oh my gosh! Well, I just—is there anything that we didn't cover that you would like to, or anything? <laughs> I always ask—I always ask us this at the end of two hours, being like, "Yeah, uh, we just talked for two hours." But is, is there anything that you know, maybe we missed? I don't think we missed anything. I just, I think I just, if I can, I want to say how much fun this has been and what like such an honor it's been to be a part of this podcast that I admire you and this podcast so much. And it's like, I feel so lucky and privileged to have been a guest, but also just like, I really appreciate, I mean, you're a fantastic host. I already knew that, but like to be able to deep dive a lot of these topics that we've talked about has been really like fucking i'll send you a picture of my journal entry tonight put it that way <laughs> oh lord i would love that well i you're yeah it's it's just really um like like i said life can be lonely and talking with you about this specific factor of my life has been truly like amazing as well like like it's just it's really nice to know that you're not alone and like you can say things and and me saying the consistency thing and you going oh fuck like that yes fuck like, like woof 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 I'm gonna be thinking about that for fucking the rest of my life which is good oh my gosh <laughs> this is another just... word now it's another word in my like another tool in my toolbox that when I'm describing to someone what my sexuality is I can use this word of like consistency like consistency. it's great it's so valuable such yeah. a valuable thing it's just been such a great conversation and everybody listening please stop what you're doing right now subscribe to uh my dad stole my limelight podcast on i guess it's everywhere apple spotify (laughs) follow on instagram and you can follow lauren lauren what's your instagram um my instagram is hi lauren deborah such a great username (laughs) thank you i had someone the other day be like is this a pun for hilarious and i was like it is now (laughs) i sometimes when i see it quickly i i think that too like but that makes sense hi lauren is now that is you gotta follow lauren keep up to date with what you're what she's doing and i thank you so much usually if you you if you were here in person you would ring this bell so you're gonna if you put it next to the thing is it gonna line up it might no not really (laughs) but i'll ding it for you so ring that bell lauren thank you so much for coming on intoxicated podcast thank you so much for having me it's such a pleasure i appreciate it thank you for listening to the intoxicated podcast if you enjoyed this week's episode make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast, and check out our video episodes on the Intoxicated YouTube channel. Until next week, feel hard and talk hard. Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan, co-produced by Sarah Nicole, and brought to you by The Messiness of Life.